Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. In this week's episode of The Kindness Project, we talk about maths, pirates, and we have part one of our interview with Louise Mundy from HBBS Counselling. Hello. Hey. Hello. Hello, dear listeners. Uh, welcome. I'm trying to talk without my teeth. It's not working. Trying to talk without your teeth? Why, why are you yeah. doing that? You sound, like, you sound like Chief Wigan at the Simpsons. Because it's not good for teeth, so it's really not like moving around. Yeah. Something like that. She sounds all right. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is the, we have had some weird starts to the podcast. Um, <laughs> But I'm trying to go like that. I don't know why the tone's changed. Because I can't move my lips if I want to. Are you leaving your lips now? Yeah, I know. I've given up. I just said that. I just think you tried ventriloquism. Hello. Um, I had a I had a buzz once, right? Oh Christ! I had a buzz once. Oh Christ! Um, in my first ever job in uh, banking and finance called Why Barry. Tell us what that was. Huh? Tell us what the job was. Huh. Um, it was a, um, uh, I was on the tills, so I used to help people. Why are you? Why is that funny, Russ? Why is that funny, Russ? And, uh, uh, I can remember it, and I just remember it. So, Did you have a funny outfit? No, I had a uniform. I had a uniform, but it was like a white shirt and tie. Um, By the boss, who was actually an amazing dude, called Barry. And um, he used to be from, I think he was originally from Sunderland. Now, bear in mind that he probably, in the first job in my career, he probably gave me more chances than, than I needed to and was incredibly supportive. So I've got a lot of time for Barry. But he had this amazing voice that just was like that. Hello, Chris, it's Barry. And it, every time he said his own name, it just went off into like a little, a little like whisper. Is that like one of them like e-book readers where you just connect with a voice that's reading the e-book? Uh, no, no, uh, look, he was he was an amazing individual. He was he was an interesting guy, um, uh, and certainly supported me in the early stages of my career. Um, but he just had a really like he he, he had like a tonality to his voice. Ah, you know, you hear some voices okay, that go, yeah, yeah. like I've got a, a sort of up and down to it, right? That that was that. But it, the way that he used to introduce himself, he was go, "Hello, Chris, it's Barry," and it was just that mm-hmm. perfectly every time. And that it was, it, <laughs> no, he didn't. Whip, but the thing is, he didn't whisper the entire word, right? He used to start off loud and then go into a bit of like, "Hello, Chris, it's Barry," <laughs> like that. Just like sort of started off loud. Oh, and it had like a taper out. Ta- exactly, he tapered his name. Hello, Chris. That's Barry, <laughs> like that, which I loved. How do you how, how, how do you introduce yourself, Russ? How do I introduce myself? Hi, yeah. I'm Russell. So you use your, do you ever use your first uh, last name? No, never. No. Um, 
So, might it be usual Thursday? Oddly enough, I made a phone call to someone earlier to book an appointment, and I had to tell him who I was, and he still didn't pick up on that. So I had to tell him who you was and the job he was doing for us. <laughs> I won't name him because right. he listens. But the job he was doing for us, and it took him about 10 minutes to realise what I was talking about. Right. So you had to introduce you and then me and then him <laughs> to <Yeah>. us. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Now, Charlotte is trying to change her money. I'm not. Charlotte is trying to sort of alter the way people know her. Do you want to tell us a bit about that? Uh, you say I'm trying to alter it. You just never noticed before. I have always used the J in the middle. Right. Do you want to tell everybody what they should now call you? Depends, I guess. Depends on what? Uh, how close you are to a person. Is that... But, okay, so does it, does it matter? So, Russ... Well, for people who knew you well, are you all right with Russ? Right. The problem with Russ is you mm -hmm. use it all the time. But Russ. Now everybody else is using it. <laughs> now Russ. everybody else is using it. So but, I can use it. Can I use it? See, when I'm writing business emails, like work emails, I always yeah. use the full name. Always. But Russ. <laughs> but when people send me right. work emails now, they talk to Russ. But I, that upset you, Russ. But, but does that, I mean, it, does that, it, it, it but Russ, but Russ, why does that upset you so much? It Russ? doesn't upset me. I just find it funny that the way I think is it's a professional email, you should use the full name. See, I've used Chris Dames for. Well, Chris, uh, Anybody that knows you would think that was your full name. Yeah. Well, I used to go out. I, I, used, to... <laughs> <laughs> I used to leave the house. <laughs> uh, we all used to leave the house. You know what? That Things was a, changed. That was, a proper, that was a proper calling your teacher mum moment now. Because what I was going to say, and I'm glad to stop myself, is I used to go out with a name <laughs> Sam. And clearly I didn't. I used to... I, uh, it's a friend of mine... <laughs> there's a friend of mine called Sam and I said to him one, one day um, what's your actual name because like, I always assumed that Sam was a short Samuel. Samuel, yeah, Samuel. And actually, his full name was Sammy. Yeah. Oh, well. But that, to me, is like a, a, an informal version. Yeah, but you but were like Freddy. But, but normally, Fred, Freddy is a... Or Fred is a Fred Rick, isn't it? But That's it's not normally, anymore. It's, it's, you know... And that, and that like, I've never, ever used... My full name, but Chris, um, no, uh, Christopher. Um, uh, oh, they know now. Oh, <laughs> dangerous stuff, dangerous stuff. But just, just because I don't, like, I've never had to use it. I don't think, I don't think when you use your shortened version of your name, 
it makes any difference to our professional people. When I talked about Charlotte, not to Charlotte, because I called her Charlotte, but when I talked to Kenny or Kay... You called her back half? I called her Charlotte. Charlotte. You heard what Charlotte is doing? Yeah, but you know what? That that I think there's a pro. I think the challenge you've got is as the older generation, Russ, because we are that now. We're not the old generation. We're the love generation. Feel the love generation. Sure, mate. I oh, thought that was people from the sixties. Yeah, true. Um, we're not going to own that. We're going to we're going to disown that quickly. <laughs> we're going to go for the digital. Generate what generation are we? How would you describe our generation? Generation X, in we? We're Gen X. When I looked at, when I've seen the gens, when you've seen the gens, how long you been looking at the gens? Well, they come on the news sometimes, don't they? And I've been we're in the Gen X area. Well, I've got a feeling that you might be in a different gen to me, because I've got a feeling there's a generation that starts. In 1980, when were you born? 80. There's a generation I've got a feeling was st- starts in 1980 onwards, and I'll just live about <laughs> under that in the in the late 70s. So we but might. When have... We grew up in the noughties, which would have been the digital era. Yeah, but we also, I mean, I mean the 80s and and, and noughties, didn't we? But yeah, yeah. it's. Uh... Go on. I can't remember what. I am um, I don't know. I don't know. No, Does I it... think so. so Gen- I was born in the 90s. No. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Oh. No. Oh. Oh. Just missed it, Russ. 2000 and. Yeah. Three. I should, uh, I should remember that. I come to the hospital to see you. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> that is the biggest. That's awkward, insult. isn't it? That is the biggest insult in the form of a question <laughs> I have ever heard in my life. Yeah, Were yeah. you born in the 90s? Were you born in the 40s, Russ? <laughs> You're a legend in your lunchtime, Russ. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, you have your expertise, Russ. I'm, I'm oh. not good with dates. Were you... <laughs> People born in the 90s are now 20+. plus. You know what, though? You know, what I was, you know last week I was talking about going out with... Um, uh, uh, my friend was doing the Bermsey Beer Mile. Yeah, right? yeah. My mate Mike is a teacher, right? He does listen to the podcast. I'm sure he won't he won't mind me sharing this. Uh, my mate Mike is a teacher, lovely guy, really, really good, really, really nice yeah. guy. And he was talking about how he teaches uh, uh basically nine to ten year olds maths, right? So I said, right, okay, he said, well, what I do is I go back to the most basic form of maths. I can get to, and then I build it up from there. So regardless of what level they are, regardless of whether they're really, really good or not, I go really, really basic. So I made the mistake of saying, what do you mean? Now, bear in mind, chartered financial planner, people trust me with millions and millions of pounds of their money. Yeah. uh, Mike says to me, What's the difference between a number and a digit? I didn't know. Do you know? Uh, the digit is the space. The space that the number comes yeah. in. Um, do you know, Russ? No, I didn't. 
so um it might not have been a number and a digit actually it might have been something else but um uh the the way he starts is saying the digit is the well i've got this wrong i can't remember now this is embarrassing um um the basically the way he starts is explaining the the number as a number and then the meaning of the number, the interpretation of the number, like nine is is a number, but it's also the way that we explain that number. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. That didn't make sense to me. I'm still trying oh. to wrap my head around it. So there's a nine and a zero, and then the number is 90, but the first digit is nine and the second digit is zero. Is that, is that, yeah. is that, exactly. So, so the, the, but the, the, the it, it's, we had this conversation about the fact that numbers are just the meanings we attribute mm -hmm. to them. You know what I mean? They are a human way to just make sense of the world and translate the world, aren't they? Um, so that's where we started. But just imagine we're having a chat. Um, uh, me, uh, uh, who is fairly, really fairly numerate, um, can answer the difference between a number and a digit. That's because when you like, as you work your way up, you start to overcomplicate things because you've seen how complicated they can be. Jurassic. Um, yeah, because uh, I do it all the time. You give me a simple problem, I'm like, how complicated is this? Am I gonna? Um, my old maths teacher uh, had, I think it was a sister or a friend who taught primary school kids. Yeah. Uh, so this was in secondary school. Uh, when we were being too loud, they used to give us primary school problems, and then we'd solve them really fast, and then get really bored really quickly. Okay. And that was that was our that was our sort of like. So, do you think that's quite an interesting tool then, like just simplifying it, so that if you're really getting confused and complicated? Oh no, like... we weren't getting confused and complicated. We were going through the hard stuff. And then talking afterwards right. because we'd run out of things to do, and he was like, "Oh, being too loud." So here's some simple stuff that you're going to get really bored with, and I know you're going to get really bored with. So stop being so loud, so we can get back to the complicated stuff you enjoy. Right. Yeah. Right. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that's a solution, Mars. Maybe you should like just okay. start start simple and build it up from there. I have absolutely no interest in numbers. I've been yeah. I have interest in computers. But you code us. And you code really well. Yeah, so but surely, surely you have got an interest in numbers. Coding for me is not number, is not maths-based. So I can't code in JavaScript, for instance, which is heavily maths. But mm, PHP yeah. is not. Is it not? Is it visual, PHP? No, the PHP is not visual, but it, it's code. But it's more... Letters based algorithmic code, um, yeah. Sorry, the mathematic concept of algorithms, yeah, Russ? Well, it, it's in... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just I don't go, I don't do that numbers maths, but give me a bit of letters maths, so I'm all over it, yeah. Do algebra instead of I just understand that for some reason. Where, yeah, I'm, it's uh, interesting. Uh, the only maths I can basically do is working out what I've got in my account and. And I can do that on the fly. Whereas if you ask me, if you was firing questions at me, nine times out of ten, I'd get them wrong. Yeah, interesting. Uh, and, and, and I mean, I suppose we've all got tools now, technologically, that allow us to make 
I think we're all reliant on that to, you know, but but then I suppose part of uh, part of the <coughs> conversation that I have a lot now is what's valued in the modern economy, and it's not it's not the it's not the elements that can be done by a computer skills, and look, I'd argue that you need that core education to allow you to make mental short shortcuts to solve some of those problems. However, we have got the tools to do it as well. So yeah, it's a really interesting one. Um, but moving back to the uh, the podcast, let's ask the this week's question in the podcast, which is: if you've got a chat show, who would you invite on your chat show? And why? Who would you have on your chat show? Someone interesting. <laughs> Not a celebrity, because those people are boring. Someone interesting. Right, who, who, who are you going to have there? Uh, I'll have to find someone interesting. But you're just going to wander, yep. up, wander up to him, uh -huh. go, you're interesting, can we have a chat? Yeah. Who well, would that's you like? That's basically what we do on this podcast. It is. Well, no, the, the remit of the podcast, I mean, that is true. We do invite interesting people on, but they've got to also be doing something a bit positive in the world. Who would you have them, Russ? I would have the see me celebrity on. No. Mr. Christopher Dames. Uh, well, may, maybe. Maybe. Mr. See me celebrity. Maybe I I did I did get called Mr. Avery when I went at oh the very first. No, I did. I did. That Genuinely. That makes it sound like you was topless going like this with a load of budget. <laughs> yeah, he's got a sash in the cupboard and everything. I have. I have. Um, Mr. Avery and his nice little tiara. Mr. Avery and his and his assistant Batras. Um, uh, what? Uh, That's not like... my assistant. You would love. No comment. <laughs> you're not. You're not putting the oil on, please, because this is this is going to get really weird, really oh my quick. God. Um, <laughs> Russ, Russ, last week was your turn to put. Can it be my turn this week? Oh, bridge time, bridge time. No, um, uh, I, I, I actually think what would be interesting is for the bonus episode we're going to do with the book. Yeah, I, I am going to interview you two. Yeah. Um, about your experience um, of the podcast and hosting the podcast and running the podcast over the last few years. How does that sound? And we give, we give that we give that way as a bit of a bonus episode for people who, who um, subscribe to the book. Cheap plug at www.kindlyproject.co.uk. Um, press book at the at the menu at the top, and you can give us your email, and we'll get some free stuff. Oh, One of the let me tell you, I've got many insights into the sweatshop you run here. <laughs> it's only a sweatshop, Russ. It's a family business I where we love business. and care for each other. If, if I live near her, I wouldn't be surprised if you come around with a whip and whip me. <laughs> Wait till we're on the boat, Russ. Wait till we're on the boat. <laughs> we are going on a legendary... Because Russ will only go on a holiday two minutes away from his house. I will. We are we are going on on a little boat trip. Uh, me, Russ, and uh, the old fella, uh, my dad and Russ's dad, on the Norfolk Broads, aren't we, Russ? Yeah. And what's your job on that, Russ? Well, I'm hoping I slip over at some point and break my leg between <laughs> the sixteenth. Well, between or, or on the boat. 
No, between there and the six stone. No, no. If you do it on the boat, you're just tipping you over the side. <laughs> you are you are going to have a Viking funeral. I'm, I'm having plenty of orange just in case I catch scurvy, though. <laughs> well, on a weekend on the on a on a barge, I'm not convinced that's going to happen, to be honest. But but yeah, you so, never know. So you the have... sea is a dangerous place. <laughs> we're not, ah! we're not going to the sea. Scream in my ear. <laughs> just, <I'm> just... <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what constituted that reaction. This is a dangerous place. Ah! It really hurt, Charlotte. That's that natural pirate coming out. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Ah. <laughs> this is a dangerous place. Oh, oh, we should get pinched. Oh, yeah. This is. Witness. Huh? Back to the book. Back to the book. <laughs> um, um, I'm going to put Charlotte's comment, right? Do you, you, know, you, you know the bit in the book, right, where because people were uh, reading it at the moment and previewing it for yeah. us and saying some really amazing stuff. You know, I, I've got an image of, like, I don't know, uh, one of our amazing guests, like um, Bernadette Russell or, yeah. or um, Patrick Luong, you know, Patrick turning around and going, an amazing book, full of insight, you know, love the book, buy it now. <laughs> and then just a quote from Charlotte that just is, the sea is a dangerous place. Ah! Oh, yeah, just putting that in the book. Yeah, should we do that? You know We've got a meeting with the publishers tomorrow, Russ. You know what might be good for, for the bonus and live where they can question us all? Ah, oh, yeah. Well, we, we did talk about doing that for the 200th episode. Yeah, when the, when we do the book launch, we do a live. Right, okay. We're not, I will zoom in. Zoom in, yeah. We're all gonna we're all gonna be zooming yeah, in. Yeah, zoom in and where the people that have subscribed get a link and then come in and that might be that might be one of the free gifts we distribute. We're still yeah. trying to work out what we give away free. But the only way that you will know, listener, cheap plug, is to do what, Russ? Visit www.thekindnessproject.co.uk Click on the link that says book yeah. and add your email address. And you know what? When Russ does it, it feels like ch- I'm trying to do it and go make it sound it, exciting. Russ like, comes on, he's going, go to. It's like, it could be bothered. Because, right, it's, it's, like, get, it's like when teachers no, tell, tell their students to log on to their homework portal. Exactly. Know, That's exactly what it's like. I, I didn't mean to say, make it sound like that. Right. Come on. Right. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. Okay, we've we've done one that sounds like a teacher telling their kids to log, log on the homework portal, knowing they're not going to do it. We're going to mix up the style, and you're going to try a different style now. Okay, it's B.A. Baraka style. Get on the website, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll try B.A. Barakas. Give us another one. Honey, you'll be wedding. <laughs> You'd be what? Well, it's hard to be back, isn't it? So you'd be webbing. You'd be webbing. 
Right. If you'd like to, listeners, please go on the website because we would love your support for the Kindness Project book. And you can, and this is Eric's done, Russ, do that in the following way. Right. If you go on Facebook and put the Kindness Project into the search bar, we No, 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 no. Book. That's not my job. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, job's worth. Oh, no. I was all prepped. So I hyped myself up to do the socials as I do every time. No, no, you can do the socials, but because okay, okay, okay. sounds like a bored teacher. Okay. Um, do you want me to bring a pirate back? Uh, yes. <laughs> do the book in the form of a pirate. Um. Now, do I take the mic and do like just a normal person? It's like, yeah, that was a pirate. <laughs> um, up to you. The, the podcast is oh, yours. Cracks. Okay. Um. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to my plug for the uh, my audition to plug the book for the Kindness Project. <laughs> um, if you head on over to the website, uh, what is a website? Pirates don't know what websites are. <laughs> you can go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can go on and see this magical bar at the top on your screen and if you click it it will magically transport you to another place oh, what's a screen? Uh, the flat sheet that glows <laughs> and just as if word had come to you by a pigeon on the ocean uh, there will be a link and you will have to put your email um, I assume it is screen messaging. <laughs> I probably wouldn't know what that is. Right. <laughs> Russ, you're on for next week, mate. You're back on. Born teacher. Born teacher is far better than pirate trying to explain technology. We used I mean... to have an audience. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on that note. Hey, um, we still have an audience. And on right? on on that note. That's uh, not as a pirate this time because clearly we haven't got four hours. Um, uh, Charlotte will let us know how to answer the question of the podcast, which basically we've completely ignored, um, about chat show guests. What is your favourite chat show guest and who would you like to interview Um, uh, using the following social media links? Not as a pirate. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, if you go on Facebook and type the Kindness Project into the search bar, we should be the first one that, that comes up. And if not, we shouldn't be far off. Uh, if you type out all the kindness into Twitter, we should be the first to come up. And if not, oh, I'm sorry. Um, if you type uh, the Kindness Project podcast into the Google search bar, we should be the first thing to come up because why not? Because we're fabulous. Uh, and if you want to email us directly, it's all at the kindnessproject.co.uk. Uh, and you just send on an email on there and. Um, for the pirates listening who need Google explaining, can you explain that in, yeah, yeah. in, the, in the language of a pirate? Um, so you know how uh, some ships and some land places as well have libraries? Well, Google is a massive library on the flat glowing plate um, and it you just have to click the buttons with the letters on them. A lot of pirates aren't literate, so this probably isn't going to help them. Um, and whatever you have searched for can come to you 
as if in a book in the library. Exactly. Yeah. It's like a modern day light. It's not bad, actually. I've got to say, well done. A lot of pirates aren't literate, though, so that won't help. Um, it, it might not, but modern day pirates maybe modern, are. Modern so. day pirates, probably. But <laughs> pirates back then were mostly people who were... Who were weren't happy with poverty, so they... And welcome to the History Lesson <laughs> called The Kindness Project. I'm just going to start my own podcast that's just facts. No, I reckon you should. Yeah. I, I, I would, I would, it would be your podcast if you ever wanted me on as a guest, just to act. No, I, it would be fact, Charlotte's Facts of the Week, and I would just plug Mugs of the Week. Yes, mm-hmm. Mugs of the Week. We need to bring, bring Mugs of the Week back into our lives. So there's an account when, for it, there's just nothing on it. When, when, we, when, we, when we start doing it remotely with us... I reckon what we do is we do it an evening once a week, fitting into all our schedules, and we do it as a Facebook Live. What? But, but, uh, when Shark goes to uni. Well, oh, yeah. Um, and we, as part of that, one of the segments we might want to include in the, in the Kindness Project Mugs, is Mugs of the Week. Mugs of the Week. I should start that podcast. That'd be fun. I don't know whether it's got enough content for an entire individual podcast. No, not mugs of the week. What the facts for Charlotte? Yeah. I think that might work. Facts for Charlotte. Um, uh, right, and on that note, um, I'd like to um, uh, move on to the next part of the show. Goodness me! Russell's getting up and. Wonder. Where'd, where'd, he's just, going, he's Russ, going, he's are you there, Russ? He's just got up and had a wonder. I think he's got bits to do, mate. Is he? Yeah. He's just busy. <laughs> he's just clearly, clearly busy. Um, and on that note, I'll, do, I'll just crack on and carry on recording. Yeah. Assuming Russ is going to fit all together. Um, I want to share a couple of the people. I, last week, I talked about the Independence Happy List 2022. Um, where the independent celebrates 50 inspirational people making life better for others. Um, uh, and I wanted to share a couple of the people on that list. And I think as, as a sort of addition to kind of news, we're probably going to be uh, doing this over the next few weeks because I think, you know, we want... We want um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> enough producer back and it's come back. Russ has come back. Just, I, I don't know if I don't know if any other podcasts have their as their producer wonder off halfway through the show. You back, Russ? Thanks He's back. Me. He's back. So what what I'm going to do is mention a couple of people on each of the podcasts that have made the independence. Uh, 100 uh, happiest uh, people, inspirational 50. people, 50 happy people who make the world a better place, just to give them a big share. And I want to do two this week. So number one is Harriet Asher. Harriet so far has helped to resettle more than 500 Ukrainian refugees in the UK. The Hampshire mother is free, visited Ukraine soon after war broke out and was shot by the lag of a transplant links out of the country. To join what she calls a large network of volunteers, everyday people, not charities, from medics to drivers who get people to safety. Harriet set up a GoFundMe page which raised more than 25,048 hours to pay for coach travel flights, safe houses. Uh, or a hotel to anyone trying to escape conflicts. She said, this journey has been a complete privilege for me and I couldn't feel luckier about all the extraordinary people I've met along the way. Former, um, uh, and then what I'm going to do is move on to mentioning our second uh, um, individual on the top 50 most inspirational people, and that is Banji Alexander. Help me. Yeah. Oh. 
Former South East London primary school teacher Banji wrote a children's book aimed at gently tackling COVID-19 vaccine hesitancy in the Black and minority ethnic community, promoting children's mental health. I was aware that vaccination uptake was considerably lower in some demographics within the BAME community, and I wanted to do something to help, says Banji, who also wanted to help children conceptualise everything they had experienced during the pandemic. He started writing Lockdown Looms, which explores a seven-year-old child's experience of the pandemic during the second lockdown of 2020. I love that. And, and the, I mean, the key factor on that, we, I was having this conversation with somebody today, uh, that I believe, and, and again, we've all um, gone through different experiences whilst lockdown, but the people who have experienced lockdown um, the most in terms of the emotional impact to both kids and, uh, you know, to... to aspects of our generation and i'm not saying that you know that people in the middle can't experience uh, the emotional effects of lockdown but i think the effects do loom large uh, for young people kids and our older people where loneliness is so prevalent so well done for benji for um helping helping the younger people in our communities and societies to uh to cope with that and navigate that emotional landscape. On that note, I'd like to move on to the interview. And it's quite a pertinent one, considering what we talked about, because it's with Louise um, uh, from Louise Mundy from HBBS uh, Counselling. Louise um, talks about her her role and um, the way she helps people navigate emotionally and the support you provide um, to people across Havering and beyond. Louise, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate you coming on. You're welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for the invite. And how was tennis? Because we started our conversation with like the fact that I'm wearing my uh, running gear and you've got your tennis gear on. How was tennis? As oh, well, you see, that's, that, that's, that's a delight in store for me a little bit later. So okay. um, where, do you, where do you play? I'm playing at half 12, but I've got to go. We've got our um, club finals next weekend, so I've got to go and collect the trophies in between. Oh, oh, so I'm ready, I'm ready, you know, to collect the trophies and then play. So, yeah. How yeah. often, how, how long have you played tennis for? Uh, it's about, um, I played a bit as a child, and then it was just one of those things that as my family grew up, it was a little bit of a window of opportunity for me to play. Gotcha. Um, so I started more seriously, I suppose, although, I, you know, I'm not that serious, um, in, um, oh, I don't know, 16 years ago or something okay. like that. But okay. it's, it's, it's primarily sociable uh, tennis as opposed to anything at too high a standard, I have to say. And how competitive do the club finals get? Is it, is it pretty competitive or is it all quite friendly? It, oh, it's very friendly. Fun. It's very friendly, but it's um, it's probably our flagship of the tennis for the year. So it is more, um, you know, people, you know, it's, people are very respectful and yeah. they're quite competitive, but it's very quiet. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, Fair enough. Yeah. So no, it's nice. It's it's good. It gives it gives. Um, we do a a system whereby you don't know who your partner's going to be, and names are drawn okay. out like that. So that mixes it up quite a lot, and there'll be lots of people there at the end of the summer. So yeah, it's usually a a lovely good day. Good fun. So, sounds like good. Uh, sounds yeah. like good fun. So we know you're a, a tennis player. Tell us a bit more about you. Oh, okay. So um, I'm uh. 
I get, I get my background in education. So I started my working life as a teacher and did that until I had my children. And then when they were of a certain age, I started doing a little bit of community volunteering. Um, so I, um, I've been in post as service manager at HBBS for two years, but I've really been associated with the organisation for a, a six years before that. How old are the kids now? Uh, they are 23. Yeah. Uh, 20 nearly 21 as he keeps telling me and 18 so two boys and a girl and, and we're going through a weird experience in our house at the minute because um a level results uh last week was a bit of a roller coaster so that was a really interesting day uh charlotte um uh got just got under what she needed to get into her first choice she got um two b's and c um and she needed three b's but then she, um, we we managed. They said, "Look, you're you're just under, so we're letting you into the first choice." So it was this oh, roller coaster day of saying, "We don't think we've done enough." Then we've done enough, and then we're in. So it ended up um, as a as a bit of a celebration. But that, how was it in your house when when the kids were doing their exams? Oh, and... it was ma massive, massive relief. So my daughter, who's the same age as Charlotte, she. Um, uh, the, the roller coaster for us was she did really well in her A level, so no concern, you know, so no concerns yeah. there and no panic there. So uh, there were a few tears from me, but that was primarily relief, I have to say. Um, but then, where, where is she off to you then? What's she doing? Well, she's got a place at Cambridge, but she's Amazing. not going. She's not going this year. She is. Uh, we put her on a flight to Germany on Tuesday. So that was our roller coaster, you see. So getting the results and then getting ready to go. And she's gone to Germany to be an au pair for a year. Okay. That'd be a good experience. So, yeah, for that's it. really good. Well, she wants to do modern languages. So she's done German and Spanish. So, um, yes, it's very interesting. I had a phone call with her last night and uh, she looks absolutely shattered. And it's the most respect I've ever had as a parent. She said, you know, I don't know how did you manage three children? <laughs> How did you how did you manage to, to do it when we were little? Yeah, absolutely. Funny, so yeah. she's been absolutely shattered. Um, and she, and she's with the mum, so it's yeah. uh, you know. But anyway, so now that's that's her adventure. I I, yeah. I, I mean it's interesting because Charlotte and I probably uh, said to you before we uh, before we spoke last, but Charlotte and I did our tour around Europe. Uh, oh yes, yes, right. I remember you said so, you were going to do that. Yeah, so so we did we did we did the twelve countries, twenty two days, um, absolutely shattered when we come back because it was like sort of, um, but interestingly, the Europeans do English a lot better than we do any other international language. Um, but I suppose living in a country, you want to really learn a language. I had a friend who moved to Italy um, uh, about four or five years ago, and he said, and his kids were. I mean, it was a brave, really brave move. Ran a business in the UK, continued to run it, um, uh, but was effectively in the UK for one week a month. And the other time, he, he was with his family in by Lake Garda. And he said that the kids being immersed in Italian culture for him, and I suppose German culture for your, for your daughter, made a massive difference to learning language because you haven't got a choice. You know, you're you're in this situation yeah, where right, you're. Yeah surrounded by it aren't you yeah no, absolutely I think so I think the thing was it what what she said was that she didn't she didn't feel that although she'd really enjoyed studying languages she didn't really feel like she'd use them 
Yeah. Um, and I think it, you know, sort of in, in times other than COVID times, we would probably have travelled and she would have travelled yeah. around yeah. Germany and around Spain, I would like to think. But obviously travel wasn't an option, was it? So, and that's really what she said. And we looked at all different sorts of things that she could do, you know, go to uh, work on holiday resorts and things like that. But she was really clear that she wanted to um, be with a family and experience yeah. German life, really. Yeah, yeah, interesting. I, I, I mean, I've, I've done a bit of Germany yet, but on our trip, we went to Munich, and it was such an amazing city. I've just never like sort of we we bumped into Munich. Pride was going on while we were over there, and it was effectively just a a party. You know, thirty thousand people in Munich town centre was amazing fun. Um, anyway, we could talk about. I, I could definitely talk about travel forever. Um, but let's, <laughs> let's talk about why you're on the podcast. Tell okay. us a little. Tell us a little bit about what you do uh, and why you do it. Okay, right. Certainly. Well, um, HBBS counselling has been around for sort of over twenty five years now. We were founded within Havering with a small grant from Havering Council for um, supporting adults um, through individual counselling who were suffering from the effects of bereavement. Yeah. So that was a small amount of money started um, at that time, and then over the years, you know, things have things have changed. We've expanded, we've developed. So the first thing was to add adults in Brentwood into the mix. So we work across the Brentwood area as well. And then about fifteen years ago, we added children into the, the range of services that we offer. Okay. So we do children's counselling, um, and. Uh, you know, have sort of diversified, try to um, not chase the money, but obviously to keep the service going and to support local people. If there are funds available for particular projects and it's within our remit, then we've done it. Um, yeah. We've done some small sort of subcontracting projects for other voluntary organisations. We've yeah. got money from Thurrock Council to do work in th a little bit of you know, a small project in Thurrock. We've got money um, to do a clinical supervision project for head teachers in Havering so you know with sticking to our values which are really about supporting people um struggling to come to terms with loss which is primarily bereavement but also other sorts of life changes um you know we've we've uh we, we've worked over the years at just becoming a little bit more of a um you know a support to the community really yeah. um so yeah, so we're quite active within the voluntary sector, um, increasingly well known with schools and other agencies like that. So that sort of raises our profile. We don't really advertise as such, um, but that quite suits us uh, as a small organisation. I think you have to oh. be quite mindful of of setting people's expectations, or um, you know, oh, you don't you don't want to be over you don't want to over promise. Well, absolutely. Here. So you know, yeah. we're quite understated, really. Um, a, a lot of people have heard of us, but equal a lot of people haven't. Um, yeah. We're looking to increase the service, but you know, constantly worrying about balancing the books as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. At the moment. Is the service free at the point of 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 access? Is it funded all, all by local authority, or is it a bit of both? 
Well, it's a real mixture, actually. Um, we, I mean, it's a sort of an all-time high in terms of how much we're able to offer for free at the moment. Yeah. So 85% of what we do is free to clients. So at point of contact, really. And that's, um, but it's not, um, it doesn't cover the whole of our region. It doesn't cover the whole of the age, you know, age group. So, you know, it is quite, it is quite difficult to manage that because we have, yeah, we have to ask some tricky questions about where people where, live, where the exactly are. how old they are, and, and so on. Yeah. Because uh, you know, if you do get, if you are successful in getting grants, then um, they're often very restricted, and quite rightly so, gotcha. because someone's given, you know, is providing the funding, and they're like, well, it is for bereavement, and it is for this age group, so. Yeah. Obviously, we're obliged to follow that. Yeah, hundred um, percent. What happens if somebody isn't within your remit? I'd imagine you can do a decent amount of signposting, can't you? Yeah, and just yeah. say, yeah. There is that, yeah. and there is also, but 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 some, you know, unfortunately, there's sometimes there isn't a way around where people live. That's a kind of a yeah, um, yeah. that's a given, isn't it? Um, but we're as flexible as we can be when we can be. Um, imagine though, Louise, that that. A lot of organisations, a lot of sort of areas geographically have got similar organisations that support them. And how would that be a, a, a conclusion that I've got wrong? Um, uh, possibly there's at work that the, there's work of other organisations that cover other spaces. I think right. in the current, you know, in, in the current situation that we're in, is that actually quite a lot of people can access. A, quite a wide range of support and it and the and geographical boundaries don't really come into it it might yeah. not be free but you know say for example there are um you know people have got much more used to these sorts of meetings to video link meetings and, yeah. and so on so counseling you know pre-covid we didn't do any remote work at all um and um you know the way that it sits really is that we now offer a combination or you know we offer video link in a way that we didn't before because we obviously put everything in place to be able to do that sure. at the early stages of the pandemic to be able to keep running um but i think that you know there are a lot of advice lines helplines um yeah. sort of support networks that are totally remote so for somebody looking for support they don't have to you know they don't they can start with their locality but actually there's quite a wide range of of things that they can access the the, the physical boundary of where you live and where you can get to comes into play if you want face to face funding face to face counseling and if it needs to be funded Sure. And I, sp- I suppose, help me understand what counselling is specifically, because we talked to a lot of people on the but I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, we've talked to uh, sort of people on the podcast about loneliness and the support provided to people who are who, who need some need some company need somebody to talk to we've talked to positive psychologists who talk about positive mental health does counseling typically help you navigate grief and trauma is that where it specifically helps the most what do you think well i think that um 
it, it's about processing emotions as much as anything else yeah and um and people find different ways of doing that at di different stages of grief or different stages of life or yeah. you know wherever they are with any particular changes and so on and um and, and i mean i'm not a counselor so this is kind of not this is not the uh the, the sort of the professional line in that way as such but what I would say is that it's it's really about unlocking emotions and thoughts, and it's about um, being sort of challenged gently and supportively, yeah. but challenged nonetheless in a yeah. confidential environment. So um, a lot of uh, the simplest way, probably that I, you know, the way that I used to often explain it to people is it's about people having feelings or emotions, but not having the words to say it. Sure. They can't, sure. they don't say it out loud for themselves. They don't, they can't find the vocabulary to, to think it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. they can't share it with other people. And I think I mean, that's often where the, the loneliness comes. So if there was one thing that counseling gives you, is it gives you the words, tools, the tools. Yeah. So it, it's yeah. to be able to say to your children, to your partner, to your boss, this is where I'm at. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Because I think because people are a lot more supportive than I think previously. I think there is an atmosphere now a lot more talking about mental health. Hundred percent. It's it, it it's just the default. You know, I'm fine. Actually, probably just means I can't even begin to articulate to you what's going I've, on. Yeah, and I, I don't know it myself. You know. Yeah, I think that's a hundred percent fair comment, and I think part of the it's interesting you talk about supporting people through challenging them because I think sometimes the challenge that we all face is we've got these mental assumptions we make about the world, and sometimes they're not true, are they? You know, it's that element of what well, really is—is is that really the case, or is this just a belief that you've had for? for years based on the experience you've had that we sort of need to explore whether that's the reality or not and um, do, you, do you think do you think that as you say the conversation about mental health has changed do you think that we're moving in the right direction when it comes to that Oh, absolutely. I think I think it's always been that it's, um, you know, it was it's always hidden, isn't it? So you don't really know. You don't really know how people are feeling. Um, but and but and so I think it's it, it's just been something that's always been seen as a weakness. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, anything that can happen really in terms of seeing it not as a weakness, but just part of life. And, yeah. um, you know, it's for the better, really. So yeah. So I do feel that you know, everybody has a responsibility to to listen. Um, and I think that's yeah. changing, whereas before there was no responsibility, was there? You know, it, 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 it was a bit like, well, don't want to go there. They're a bit quiet. Let's not talk about it. It's, you know, goodness knows what will happen. Whereas actually, I think for those, for people who've got, you know, a sense of responsibility for themselves, either as, as family members or as bosses or yeah. colleagues or you know that actually we're all empowered to to begin a dialogue to, to listen really and important. care right I yeah yeah so, yeah and then i think yeah, what I counseling, and what counseling does as well is that it, it it gives people a um a completely free space where there's no comeback yeah 
because yeah. you know it, and and it, it's um you know because if you if you off you know we've all done it haven't we offload to a friend about something that's getting on your nerves and so on and they go oh yeah poor you poor you and then the next time you see them you think you know I'm a bit embarrassed really I said all that stuff yeah, that, that, but, yeah. that's the thing I mean like having that confidential space to do it um and actually it's an interesting one and it goes back to that element of challenge isn't it you've got friendship with somebody you want to be 100 percent supportive when actually in actual fact part of the professional relationship is to explore some of the assumptions that individual is making and a friend probably wouldn't do that as well as a professional um well, there's, there's and, no comeback it's not going to yeah. follow you around for the next week or the next year yeah. or 10 years they're yeah, going to go do that. you remember when and you're like yeah. oh yeah you know whatever i think also as well i think that it's it's a really scary thing so to you know to sort of to open up because there is that sense of of control and sometimes saying I'm fine is a is a control mechanism because yeah. you don't actually want to you know you don't actually want, want want to go there and you're a bit scared that if you do that you know that that it's not normal that you're going mad that um you know everything's out of control so actually if you if you engage in that sort of dialogue with a professional, then it's yeah. a very safe pair of hands. You know, and, and similarly, if it is, it, oh, sorry, can I just also say as well that sometimes it, it is an emergency situation, and sometimes yeah. somebody yeah. is 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 going to open up and not be able to cope. And yeah. in that way, to go to a, a, a professional counsellor means that the the right support can be there for them. So, no, what's what's really I don't and I agree. I mean, counselling somebody who's not comfortable having those conversations about mental health, and I don't think it's comfortable for a lot of people, <clears throat> is is certainly a, a step. You know, you know what? That, what's interesting, and we've spoke to one of one of the guys we interviewed. Uh, I think this is my producer Russ's favourite interview. By the way, is a guy called. Um, Ollie Smith. Now, Ollie is a, um, a journalist. He's, a, he's an editor over at Morningside. He works in the financial press. Um, uh, and he he um, had some mental health challenges and issues and really opened up about it um, with a bit of professional help, by the way. He had some counselling before, before he did this. Um, but what was really interesting was he opened the dialogue um, uh, in our sector, in the financial planning, financial advice sector, saying, look, it's all right to talk about this sort of stuff. And I think there are particularly professional environments where law, accounts, finance, where if you if you start to talk about your own mental health and your own mental health challenges, people assume that's a bad thing. And Ollie did a really good job at sort of breaking some of those stigmas um and and talking about that so so it, I, and and that that journey for him having the bravery and i think it was a really brave thing to do to actually get to a point where he went you know what i'm going to share this because i can't be alone can i started from the yeah. professional counseling he had it's really yeah. interesting that was the, yeah, that was yeah. the first point so that was part one of louise's interview we've got part two coming next week really look forward to sharing that with you uh charlotte's ready to mention the fact that tis the end of another podcast the end of 
And on that note, uh, we um, we were t- talking about the celebrities that we'd like to um, uh, play. Who would you like to play in a movie did, of your did life? You get no engagement. Uh, I don't know. We, normally, we get a decent uh, about uh, uh, amount of engagement, um, and we did. Um, I uh, Tamsin said I've been told I look like Meryl Streep and Joanna Page over the years. I'd probably go for Joanna. Is uh, a Meryl is, is more than twenty years older than me. Um, uh, I might. I think Russ that this one might be a bit the slow burner because we only asked it today, didn't we? On yeah, our, on our socials. Yeah. So we might find that we uh, get a few more updates. Let's check our LinkedIn to make sure that that, we're, that uh, we got an answer. None on the LinkedIn, uh, but let's check our Facebook um, to see whether we've got any uh, anything on there. Um, and uh, the answer is no. So Meryl Streep or Joanna Page for Tamsin. Uh, but please let us know if you've got another answer for the podcast. Uh, where what celebrity would play you that's it for today have a lovely day and we'll see you in the community soon bye bye